You're listening to Leadership Challenges, the podcast where global business leaders share their unique stories. Today, we're talking to Francesca Zino, a Harvard professor and well-known author of the book Rebel Talent. But now, without further ado, our hosts, headhunter Anke Janssen and business leader Domenico Terverso. So, hello everyone. Welcome to our podcast, Leadership Challenges, to our second episode. Um, this time is a very exciting one. Um, my name is Anke Janssen. I'm a headhunter. I work globally with corporations and global um, portfolio companies. And um, like last time with me, I have my friend Domenico here, Domenico Traverso. Yeah. Hi, this is Domenico. And, uh, you know, I'm uh, in, uh, working at uh, Danfoss as a leader of uh, uh, divisions, making innovation and making uh, new technologies uh, come true. So... <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. Um, and that leads us nicely to the topic of this uh, this episode here, how to become a rebel leader. So, Domenico, obviously, hello, Francesca. Domenico. Hello, Francesca. Hello. 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 Welcome. Welcome to our Thank podcast. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here talking to you too. Yeah. Oh, my God. We are so excited about having you here because for me personally, it's a great, great honor. I'm so much inspired by your work and uh, and. Uh, I mean, when I discover about your your book and about your your work, uh, it really resonates a lot with what uh, I've been trying to do and what I've seen and what I've what I've seen works in uh, in in, uh, in in big companies. So being uh, being a rebel and uh, and it's not always easy. And uh, and I, I was really really inspired. So it, we are so excited about having you here. It's great to be here. Super. So, um, everyone, um, obviously here we have the book just to, just to, oh, come on, Francesca, we need to show this. I listen to books, but this is a book, Rebel Talent. We love this. Now, a few questions is, I mean, how to become a rebel leader? We, we learned a little bit what it means to be a rebel talent, but tell us a little bit about, uh, again, just, just for everyone, what is a rebel talent? Great question. I wrote the book partly to change our thinking around who these rebels are, because most of us generally, when we think about rebels, we think about that colleague at work who tends to be a troublemaker, people who break the rules just for the sake of breaking rules. Sometimes we call them jerks or show-offs, so terms that are not that positive. And what I wanted to suggest and provide lots of examples of is of rebels who tend to be constructive. Rebels who are people who bring about positive change in their organizations. And these are people who do not break the rules just for the sake of breaking rules, but break still rules when the rules hold them and others back. And so let's try to understand how we can all embrace this way of thinking and being in a way that is positive for our work, but also for the organizations we are part of. Brilliant. I was just thinking, because when reading your book, I mean, I, I was absolutely amazed. I even did the little test just to let you know. Uh, and I'm really keen to hear what, what you are, because I did, there's a little test on the website um, and I wanted to was very keen to find out which uh, rebel talent I have. And I, I'm a traveler and we found out you are a traveler. I'm a traveler too. too. We are yes. a traveler too. <laughs> Just as we on it. What are you, Francesca? 
So I was the one who created the test. So, okay, so I fine. feel like it's not quite fair for me to take it <laughs> since I know too much. But it's been a few years. So maybe now yes. it's the time yeah. uh, to take it and see. But tell us a little bit about, uh, maybe for people who are listening in, how do I become a, a rebel leader? How do I unearth my rebel talent? Absolutely. I feel that taking the test is a good place to start because you get to see how many of these talents come naturally to you, but you also receive a little bit of feedback on what to look after as you move forward. In my now 15 years of work looking at rebels, following them, trying to figure out what makes them effective in their way of being different, I discovered that there are five talents that they share. One is a talent for novelty. So rather than sitting what's, with what's familiar and comfortable, these are people who embrace the new and they do so with excitement. They have a talent for curiosity. We were all born curious. We had a great sense of awe and wonder when we were little, but we tend to lose it as we grow older. So rebels are people who hold on to their curiosity and make sure that they keep asking questions rather than fearing judgment. They have a talent for perspective. So rather than coming to problems with one view, they keep their opinions open. They have a talent for diversity, so they push back on stereotypical views and biases that society pushes upon us. And they have a talent for authenticity, so they're courageous enough to bring their ideas and contributions forward, even when others are thinking differently about a problem or a situation or an issue. And so if we really want to embrace constructive rebelliousness, we need to think about each of these talents independently and what it is that we can do on a day-to-day -day basis to embrace these very behaviors. Yeah, Francesca, I, I, are you implying somehow that at the end, uh, people born in, in that way, or and then, uh, but it's, it's difficult to become in that way because... I mean, we. I mean, if you also if you if you look at the book and so on, there's a lot of exceptional individuals, right? And uh, and uh, I, I think that you you can maybe move a little bit the needle and and get a little bit or more more the exploring phase, but at the end, um, most of those people or most of the characteristics you mentioned, you have it. You, 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 I'm not, I'm not sure you're born with that, but certainly you, you maybe you grew up or your, your, the environment you were, the, the, the mix, the fit between your personality and the environment created the person you are today. And then you are the exceptional, uh, guy, which is making these or, 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 or these other things or the, from the restaurant to the, 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 the various, uh, exceptional people we know, but, uh, can you become, can, can you? Absolutely. And in fact, I would say that being rebellious is a choice that we make. Part of the reason, it's a difficult choice because our human nature pushes us in the opposite directions, but it is a choice. If I think personally, for instance, studying these rebels, spending time with them, following them, really was inspiring. And writing books is a tough thing to do. And my motivation in part for writing the book was to share those stories, to make others feel as inspired as I felt and sort of say, why not? In which way can I embrace this more? So one story that I tell in the book that was really highly motivating for me was the story of this 
Italian chef, his name is Massimo Bottura, and he owns a restaurant, Osteria Francescana, that became the best restaurant in the world in 2016. And it's a restaurant that pushes against Italian traditions. He came up with his own versions of traditional Italian dishes. So think about the courage that he takes to be rebellious in that context. I'm Italian, so I know that we have lots of rules when it comes to cooking. We Just might not a little care bit. about driving fast <laughs> or parking legally, but cooking, we're super serious. And we cherish traditions, especially when it comes to recipes that have been passed on for centuries. But he had that courage to go into that context and say, how is it that we could do this differently? I think that the world will look much more interesting and would give us all more opportunities to thrive if we thought that way, if we kept bringing in our curiosity. It's a choice. Mm -hmm. That's great. I also think that needs a lot of courage. Because, I mean, you're just citing these traditions. Obviously, you know, I, I love Italian food. I, I, I don't know all about of these traditions, of course, but I know that's super important. But, you know, how do people step up? How, do, yeah. how does this happen, right? I think maybe I can translate for Francesca. I think yeah. she's trying to grab from you some information on how can she find <laughs> those rebel <laughs> talent because she wants to hire those uh, exceptional individuals. And uh, so this is a purely personal interest. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I was very much, much focused on the curiosity dimension. It's a really turbocharger behind these rebels. And I think you can tell so, for example, in an interview, you could ask the person, what industries have you been following? And is this a person who only follows the very organization they want a job in or they have a broader set of interests? And so very naturally, they go into that direction or just give them a problem that is on your mind or that you're facing at work and see how they reason through it. Are they considering all sorts of uh possibilities? Are they asking the could type questions versus the should type questions? So those are good insights to try to get to curiosity. And I know that this example of the chef might seem very different from the type of corporations that often we work in. But one of the let's just call it a hobby, a strange hobby that I took on a few years back was to walk into organizations and pay attention to ways of working that truly, from the standpoint of a person who doesn't work there, make very little sense. And then when you ask the question, why is it that you do things this way? Always the same answer. We've always done it that way. And so why is that? So I think we get comfortable. We take ways of working and processes for granted, but having that curiosity of saying, but what if, or how could we? I think that that is very refreshing. And again, we can all have that moment where we ask that questions and look at the situation in a different way. That's really great. Yeah, that's the part that was inspired me the, the, the most really about your your work and uh, because it, as I say really was resonating a lot in uh, also in uh, my my experience of uh, of trying to I mean without before I read the, the book so uh, that's why the 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 old point come up and say really we were trying to break the rule and trying really to you know we we work in a larger uh, corporate environment and uh, I think uh, I've been really lucky and um, and and blessed in a way that uh, my company actually 
is 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 a large industrial company and uh, with solid processes and uh, and of course a large structure. We have more than four thousand employees and so on. But still, we're encouraging, or they were supporting. Let's say at the beginning, tolerating, but then supporting, accepting that we were breaking rules in a in a controlled environment. So by advising or saying this is going to happen, but uh, but we managed really to create the the topic of last episode was the self managed organization, which in a corporate or in a large corporation is very difficult because you're going to break every possible HR rules and process ever, <laughs> because uh, there's no span of control. There's no like, you know, it's, it's a flat organization. There's no job titles. There's no, I mean, uh, predefined roles. Uh, it's very difficult to fit it into, you know, salary process, uh, everything, rating, performance uh, reviews. I mean, it's very, very complicated. And, uh, Absolutely. And, and, and many other things where you have uh, those companies uh, where, you have uh, very solid processes, and those processes are what they make the company strong as it is today. But if you keep forever, and if you don't change, you don't adapt, you don't transform, this basically, you have a curve and then it's, it's over, right? So it's, then it's finished, then it's flattering because that moment has passed and uh, and the company doesn't transform anymore. So for, for, for me, it was really uh, inspiring and resonating uh, all this research you're doing, it fit very well, not with, I don't say with what we have done, but what we have been trying to do, what we've been trying really to, the direction we have been trying to, to, to take in the last in the last year. So it's really, 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 very interesting. Yeah, that was a super I love story. to hear that because I think more workplaces and more individuals, really all of us, would benefit from this type of mindset, this idea of approaching work and life really by asking but what if but what if or why a little bit more often yeah yeah i think uh, the challenge in status quo it, it, it has to be it, it, for for us uh, it was one of the main uh, priorities at the end in everything we do is say really anyway let's challenge what we do is 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 don't assume that everything we do is fine because everything we do is fine it was designed 7 years ago which in the current reality may not be relevant anymore. When it was designed, it was not stupid. It was good, but it was seven years ago. And there are things that are designed 15 years ago, 20 years ago, and uh, and are not relevant anymore. In this current world, that doesn't make sense. And I am thinking that the pandemic provided a lot of opportunities for rethinking in that way. There are companies and leaders I admire that have used the time to say, okay, obviously we didn't want this to happen, but now that we find ourselves in this moment, let's reflect on ways of working that maybe needed change. And where's the opportunity? We're learning new things in the way we operate or connect with one another. Let's maybe design whatever it is that comes next in a way that makes the best of the learning. So that's where curiosity can be truly helpful and bring change about that is a positive one. Yeah, super, super. Yes. And, and, and what is this next for you, Francesca? Yes. So now, now we have a, we have a, we have we have this. I think this is super cool, and uh, I we also like you made a website, and you, there's so much material, so 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 inspiring material. But what is next now? Two things are next. One is to 
do as much as I can to make sure that these ideas travel far. Again, engaging in the research was really wonderful and joyful, but it was hard to write a book and it was hard to think hard about how to put ideas on paper. And I'm the happiest when these ideas are helpful to people out there, no matter in which organizations they sit in or operate in. So I started 22 with uh, even stronger eagerness to bring these ideas to as many people as possible. So that is that. And then the second part is I'm working on another book. Um, And so a lot of my attention is going to be in finding good stories that I can share or uh, refining ideas such that when I have that opportunity uh, for readers to grab the book, I really create that moment of wanting to change or wanting to do things differently. It's such a great opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I have a very different question, which just came to my mind as you were asking about next. And obviously we are not asking what kind of book you're writing on now. I'm, I'm absolutely appreciating that, <laughs> that you, that, um, but I have a question, Francesca. This Rebel Talent uh, book and all the research, I mean, it's fascinating to read because you have, you put all, you know, the stories and the life examples around it. So it really sticks, you know, with me also emotionally. Um, But how did it come about that you started to engage in this specific topic? The... Big motivation comes from two places. One is my past. For many, many years in the work that I was doing, I was looking at rule breaking that ends poorly. So I was looking at why is it that individuals do bad things? Sometimes they behave unethically and they pay the consequences of that. But as I was doing that work, I kept noticing stories of people who were breaking rules in a very different way, in a way that was positive and constructive. And so I got really interested in understanding them. But the moment where I said I am writing this book is actually the moment where I met Massimo Bottura. His way of thinking was incredibly refreshing. And again, he was using a lot of courage in a context where I knew changing things was hard. And so is the story, what he did for the business uh, uh, was, was quite inspiring. And so I started putting the different pieces together and decided to engage in the long journey of writing the book. And it's amazing that you did this internship at Massimo. And I'm just wondering if I would ever survive two days in this Michelin star <laughs> restaurant, not dropping a plate, really. I mean, that was, <laughs> you know, that was so, I could really visualize yourself there. That was quite an experience, wasn't it? It was a remarkable experience. I think that after that night, uh, I said that this story needs to be shared <laughs> because it's so refreshing and again, inspiring. I found myself pausing whether I'm dealing with my colleagues or even as a mom, I have four little children. And so I'm in the land of curiosity, but I used to stop it, stop their exploration and discovery. And now I feel like I'm much more patient and I engage with them in a different ways. And with my colleagues, rather than giving answers to questions I ask more questions in return and and um but now tell us why does it pay off you know to uh break the rules in work and life 
first, as we were discussing, by breaking rules constructively, we end up moving things forward in a positive way. And if you think about a world that puts a lot of pressures on us, where there is new ways of working, new information, changes that are happening all the time, we need to adapt. So I can't think of a better moment than truly embracing our inner rebelliousness. When we are constructive rebels, we are more likely to be innovative. We are more creative. We perform at higher levels. And also, we experience deeper joy in the work that we do. And so, it's a long list of reasons uh, that make the case for embracing our inner rebel. Yeah, that, uh, and I think, um, personally, I, I think that maybe the, the roadblock to be rebel for many people is uh, is the fear. The fear to... That, that you don't make it, that you 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 lose your job or you lose your reputation, you lose your momentum. And uh, and I think I, I can observe that many things are, are driven by fear. I can observe also, I mean, uh, it, it, I, every, I mean, also in my own life, I mean, sometimes really you think when when you are not ready to take a risk, when you're not ready to be a rebel, often is uh, is because of fear of uh, losing what you've got and so on. And this is where, again, in large corporation, but also it can be in the restaurants. If you dare too much, you may fear that you lose what you got, right? So to be successful, you need to be ready to lose what you got. And if you're not, if you're not ready, you're not ready, you, then, then you, you fail being the rebel and transforming and challenging the status quo. And, uh, and, and, and doing mm. the great things. That is a very interesting insight. And I think you're cap capturing a really important aspects of these rebels. They don't fear that loss, that potential loss. They don't fear walking into something different because they know that learning is going to come from being bolder or taking risks or doing something different. And I think they thrive with that continuous learning. And so it's almost as if it doesn't bother them to try to change things because it's not the loss that they have in their mind. An example that comes to mind that to me was so inspiring is an example from the restaurant that I mentioned, where during a very busy night, one of the sous chefs was working on the last dessert of the night and it was a lemon tart. And as he was working attentively on this lemon tart, the tart dropped to the floor, and now you have a smashed plate and a smashed uh, tart, very costly. And Massimo Bottura, in that moment, walks into the kitchen and saw the plate on the floor. I think that many of us, as a reaction, very natural reaction, in front of such an expensive mistake, would have started yelling or maybe not yelling, but clearly using the moment to talk about the importance of high standards. But Butura didn't. He looked at the plate and then up at his sous chef and said, I think we have a new idea for a new dessert. And they came up with this beautiful deconstructed lemon tart that is now the most popular dessert at the restaurant. And the name for it is, oops, I dropped the lemon tart. And to oh me, it's just this so wonderful ability of always looking at situations, even accidents, even mistakes with that 
different perspective, with that curiosity that let you ask, but what if? That, I think, is the power of, of the rebel, this ability to always ask, what if? Not being focused on the mistake and the loss, but focused on the opportunity of the what this could be. That's really great. Yeah, that's so a great inspiring story. because everyone can imagine like losing the nerves, you know, seeing yeah. this dropping on the floor. But but this reaction is just, yeah, I, I wouldn't be so great. I'm, I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, um, so this is it's really good. inspiring. We, we need to dare. We, we need, need to dare. Yeah, we need to dare. I think, I think, I think we need to dare. Yes. You need to dare. You need to find more braver executive, Anke. Yeah, so. <laughs> the thing is, yeah. So um, because one thing is, Why do, because I also learned that a little bit, why do organizations struggle? Uh, because all the talent and everything what we heard leads to something very important. And I think we can frame it, frame it as engagement that, that makes happy in life and work, you know. Um, so why do so many organizations struggle with that? What do you think, Francesca? I think that a lot of leaders in general struggle with giving away some control. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you open up to curiosity, if you open up to perspective, that means that your views are not necessarily the right one. That others can feel empowered to bring about change. And that is often scary to people. And so thinking about what it is, are you controlling something that you could give up is a healthy question to be asking of leaders of all type. I remember the story of a leader, who again was quite inspiring in a context that is very constrained. So this is a leader in the military so heavily regulated environment, highly bureaucratical, uh, bureaucratic, highly hierarchical. And he came in, looked at his squadron and said, look, if we want to be ready for combat, that is our mission, we need to do things differently. We need to be more innovative. And he truly empowered his squadron to do just that. He defined the constraints. So he asked everybody to go and study regulation because every innovative ideas had to be within those constraints. But if you look at the number of innovations that came out of the group in the last few years, it's pretty remarkable. And that was one person coming in and just inspiring his people to do things differently, but also giving them the freedom, making them feel empowered, giving them the control that they needed, the ownership that they needed to move things forward. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that, I mean... Truly, I, I truly see that uh, the empowering others is, uh, or the lack of empowering others is actually the, the one thing which is uh, uh, blocking the innovation. And, uh, uh, and that's why uh, the thing I wanted to add is I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm currently, since we started the podcast, I changed my job. And uh, I'm, I'm currently uh, running a, an incubation division where we have many small businesses that we are we are we are accelerating we are we are taking to revenue and so on and and this is pure innovation so this is the most innovative technologies we have and and you can see really that to make uh, the innovation spark you need to be ready to make a step back 
and to, 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 to leave the companies and the business develop and so on, because as more you stay closer, as, as more you, you press it, it's really, really visible as more they slow down. If you want to accelerate, you need to leave space and then accelerate. And, uh, and I think that's, that's, uh, that's what we are seeing. And so I, and I, I've seen the opposite effect, really, that uh, too much control is preventing innovation. So I totally, totally agree with you. And uh, I, I feel it's really, really very, very <laughs> close to my, my daily life. Wonderful. Yeah. Perfect. But, but good. This was really, really great Thank talk. You. I mean, and we have, I mean, super honored to have uh, Francesca Gino here with us today. Really, this is yeah, one hundred percent. Thank my, you so much, Francesca. Yeah. That was lovely, and uh, yeah. thank you for all your your insights. Um, uh, it was great having you here, um, dialing. And I, I believe you you're from Cambridge today, right? Absolutely. And I want to be thanking you for helping me spread these ideas. A sense I'm the happiest when I know that the ideas are out there helping people thrive in their work. We are a strong advocate of 100%. rebel talent. Yes. Let's go for it. One, yeah, let's go for it. 150%. Thank you so much. And, yeah. um, and then hope to This was another episode of Leadership Challenges. And on the next episode, we will meet a true rebel leader. Mina Tsiliki is an executive at Avico. After working for global players like Shell and Kennedy Fitch, she will share her unique story of someone coming from Syria who conquered the world. 